Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. What is up? Higher Learning is here. It is Van Lathan. And Rachel Lindsay. Rachel, how was your weekend? Weekend was good. Uh, Every time you ask me that, I swear I can never remember what I did. Oh, I'm packing. What am I saying? Like, I've been packing packing up stuff because... I'm trying to get ready for a move. I got a lot going on in two weeks and a cross country move is no joke. So yeah. it's like I got a, I, I got movers coming this week. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade, boulder dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's, huzzah, a toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Yeah, you got the movers coming up and they like the movers... So how do you move? So I am to the point, I just moved mm-hmm. here, here now from downtown to mid-city. When you move, do you, do they just come in? Are you like the fancy mover person to where you just go to a hotel and have everybody pack up all your stuff? Or are you like, kind of like, like I am where like we were, like you move half the stuff yourself, but then the movers come get the big stuff. Uh, which one do you think I am? I think that you are. We're going to the Biltmore, the Millennium Biltmore <laughs> Hotel. Okay. And we're going to have a bunch of people come in. All right. And they're going to pack everything up. I want the kitchen stuff to go right into the kitchen. Okay. I have a decor. I have a plan. All right. And then the bedroom stuff, put it together, cobble it together, <laughs> put it in. Why are you don't talking break, like that? Why are you don't break, like- <laughs> don't break any of my expensive paintings. I have the Jackson Pollock. Okay. Don't break it. It's right here in this room. I'm going to cut you off right there. <laughs> now, when I was in Dallas, I knew a woman who had like a full service. So yes, she would pack up everything oh and Jesus. unpack it. I don't have those luxuries anymore. So, mm. and I mean, we're still, I'm going to be back and forth between Miami and LA. So I only had to pack up my clothes the Peloton, mm-hmm. and a file cabinet. That was it. The clothes, the Peloton, and the file cabinet. And then, and then you're moved. Yeah, you're, but you're, packing you're done. up my clothes took forever. I'm, I'm not even finished. How long did it take? How much, by the way, are you, when you, when you move, do you yeah. realize how much stuff that you don't need? Because that was a big deal for yeah. me. I realized how much stuff that I didn't need. I still had like t-shirts and stuff like that from high school. And I was holding on to him. I am a person, I don't want to call myself a hoarder, but I have a hard time letting go of stuff. Cause I'm like, no, like I have shirts from high school. Cause I'm just like, mm-hmm. no, it's a memory. Yeah. Oh, I can hold on to that. So I keep a lot of stuff, but I definitely donate a lot. Like I have a significant pile to donate as well. 
um, as I as I'm going through my closet. But I have a lot of junk. I'm not even gonna lie. Like I, I have a hard time letting go of stuff. People yeah, my, I can let go of. My wow. things, <laughs> Rachel. Not so much. <laughs> T-shirts tough. Human beings, you out of here. Out of here. But right. you know what else? This weekend, and I what? bet you've done this because you're you know you're you're on a health journey all the time. I started intermittent fasting. Oh, I tried it. Have you done how how long have you done it? Um I did it. It didn't work for me. Really? Yeah, no. I mean, first of all, I basically do it every day because I don't have my first meal till noon. Okay. Uh, so I don't have my first meal till noon never. I don't I don't I, like I skip breakfast every morning. It's just a part of of life for me. So I skip breakfast every morning, but as as far as I I tried to do it from 12 to 6 one time. Oh, I'm sorry, I thought it was an eight-hour block. Six hours. I tried to go six. I oh. tried to go six hours. <laughs> okay. Six hours. And it just was a disaster. It did not work for me. Maybe but, you should like, try eight. That's eight what hours. I'm doing. Okay. So I've been trying it. So I've been a little cranky. I just started that this weekend at, mm-hmm. as well as moving. Brian does it all the time. So I said, you know what? We're, we're, our mm. anniversary is coming up next week, one year. We're going to go somewhere. Aww, congratulations. And so I'm like, well, I need, thank you. So I'm, I'm trying to do it right now. That's why I got the water here. Mm-hmm. Time is, is right after this is done. I'm, I'm eating and I'm done. So then he he does the intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. Is that what accounts and for like keto. that? He does intermittent fasting and keto? Yeah. Like what's, what's the deal with this guy, man? Like, what's up with this dude? <laughs> Like you don't do the intermittent fast. Like you don't do the intermittent fasting and the keto. Like what's going on with this guy, man? Is this is this? He's a, he's very into like health and fitness. That's why he's mm-hmm. so ripped. Right. Yeah. That's why he's got the abs. You know. And I told everybody earlier that I was going to get the abs, like Brian, mm-hmm. and I want them. I want abs, but, but. I, I don't know if it, I if I have what it takes. If you're making that kind of sacrifice. Cause man, you know, once I get, once I get, once I feel good and I can perform athletically. Yeah. That extra step for the abs at 40, that's a, that's saying no to a lot of pieces of fried chicken, man. That's a lot of chicken that you're not eating for them abs. I don't know if it's worth it for what, for who, for what? For him, it's a part of his brand. He's 42. So 40 as well, 40 as well, I should say. It oh, he's like 42. 40. Oh, yeah. I'm about to say, I thought, okay, so he's 40 as well? Okay, well, mm-hmm. now nah, if we're the same age, I gotta, I, I'm, I'm gonna have a shirtless contest with him then. And that, I thought he was a little younger. So y'all got basketball, y'all We got y'all basketball, have... challenging this man, challenging this man. Let's go. Not the only one out here getting on the uncomfortable conversations with <laughs> white people show. Um, <laughs> now, all right, now, you are moving cross country. Yes. All right. You are transporting yourself from one place to another place. There is an entity in America going way back to the beginnings of our country that is normally responsible for transporting things from one side of our country to the other side of our country. (laughs) That entity is the United States Postal Service. And when I was growing up and I was a kid, uh, the United States Postal Service was seen as one of the cornerstone institutions of Americana. You know, it was talked about how your postman was a hero. Yeah. They delivered rain, sleet, or snow. Your postman, your postwoman was going to go out there and do their job and make sure that America's ideas, sentiments, thoughts, 
feelings were circulating because that's how important the postal service was. Where I'm from, I am the grandson. Where I'm from, uh, being a post office worker is a great, great career. Yeah. Uh, one of my cousins after the military went to the postal service. I am the grandson of a 35 plus year postal office worker. Wow. Okay. My grandfather worked for the postal office. By the way, my grandfather, all right, uh, Quentin Ellis down there in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, retired a millionaire. He retired a millionaire after working 35 plus years with the post office. A great wow. American success story, my grandfather. Now, black though, it's wealth, black wealth. Black wealth. Uh, now, though, it seems as if the post office is under fire. Um, the Trump administration is, you know, under a great deal of national scrutiny for what a lot of American believe, a lot of Americans believe, uh, is the administration's attempt to marginalize the effectiveness or hamper the effectiveness, shall I say, of the USPS, um, so that voting by mail in the November election, which is probably going to be a huge, huge component in the November election because we won't be able to show up to a lot of uh, polling places and vote in person. Mm -hmm. So that that is tougher so that votes will not be counted. Votes not being counted is normally good for the Republican Party. Voter suppression is kind of their deal. And so you've seen on social media the last couple of days uh, pictures of uh voting receptacles being rounded up, some of them being locked, and you've seen accusations uh, towards the administration that they are trying to undermine the effectiveness of the USPS. Um, and the Democrats in the Congress are taking action against this. Do you believe that the Trump administration is actively trying to suppress the effectiveness of the USPS and therefore engaging in sea to shining sea, coast to coast vote suppression. Um, a hundred percent believe that this is exactly what the Trump administration is doing. And if you don't like my opinion, just take the words of Donald Trump. He's all but admitted to it. He said, and I quote, now they, the they in parentheses, if, I, if this was writing an article, would be the Democrats need that money in order to have the post office work so it can take all of these millions and millions of ballots. Quote, end quote. Quote again. By the way, those are just two items. But if they don't get those two items, that means you can't have universal mail-in voting. Hmm. Trump is telling you that he is not giving money to the post office because he doesn't want universal mail-in voting. You don't even need my opinion on that. President right. of the United States has, is politicizing, politicizing the post office. I, I, I don't even do. Do people realize we say this all the time? Like, wake up. Are you seeing what's happening? He he politicizes everything. But this right here is like a threat to our democracy right here. This is voter suppression, not just of a certain race, just period. He's He is suppressing or trying to suppress Democratic votes, and he is admitting to it. And what Trump and the Republicans are saying is that mail-in voting is fraudulent, and there's a lot of fraud that will happen. But right. they can't prove it. 
They're literally, they literally are just throwing this accusation out there. And I don't know if you saw it on CNN, but when Mark Meadows was questioned about it, he literally said, they literally said, there is no proof to show that there is fraud in mail-in voting. And he goes, well, there's no proof that there isn't. Mm. And then said, that's the definition of fraud. That's actually not the definition of fraud. And that doesn't mean that there is fraud in mail-in voting. And I don't understand how an administration can, can continue to push this narrative when Trump has used mail-in voting. Melania has used mail-in voting. And a lot of people on his staff have used mail-in voting. But they want to push this narrative forward, making it seem like they're not against, they're not trying to suppress the Democratic vote. Also, furthermore, Trump sued Nevada because they are trying to do universal mail-in voting, but said it was okay for Florida because, quote, they have a great Republican governor. I mean, the man is all but telling you he is using the poll. He is basically using the postal system or the postal service as a reason to suppress the Democratic vote. Yeah. So this is the specific danger of Donald Trump. Right. And it's also the specific danger in the D the D intellectualization of America. Right. Where facts don't matter anymore. They sure don't. Um. The specific danger of Donald Trump is that there's no part of America that he's not willing to destroy hmm. to get at the goal that he wants, right? So now we're in a situation where the Postal Service, um, which we should we should be honest, the Postal Service over the last X amount of years has seen some issues, right? The, like the postal service is different now than it used to be. You have a lot of different parties uh, that deliver mail faster, that deliver mail in different ways. It's a competitive thing. So the U.S. Postal Service. But ha- when you say issues, you're not talking about this fraudulent issues. Like this no, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. I just want to be clear. No issues of effectiveness. Okay. Yeah. Issues are, you know, just competition. People sure. are using DHL. People are using FedEx. People are doing all kinds of other things to kind of, you know, get their deal done. Those companies have boomed. Um, UPS and all those companies have boomed and the Postal Service uh, is, you know, is what it is. Now, I'll, I'll say this. The Postal Service still has an amazing capability to sort and deliver mail. Do not let the president erode your confidence in the American Postal Service. They have machines that sort tens of thousands of pieces of mail per hour and then get them sorted and delivered with 99.5% accuracy. The Postal Service is just fine. And if operating at full capacity, I don't think that there'll be much problem with the Postal Service and their ability to deliver uh, a fair result to November's elections. Now, there are some things that are we're going to have to be wary of, meaning with everyone trying to vote by mail, there might be some places, particularly in Pennsylvania and Florida, where anyone who wants to cast a ballot for whatever candidate might have to cast that mail-in ballot a little bit earlier if you want it to be counted. Because with everyone using the mailing system, there would be a backlog, the potential that there would be a backlog of votes, of ballots out there that might not get counted in time. But that's something that would would happen no matter what. Um, Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say what they've sent out notices that 44 states are affected by this. It's 46. Oh, 46. Excuse me. Even Mm -hmm. worse. 
46 yeah. states are, they're telling you to cast your ballots early, to mail them in early because of what's happening right now, because sorting machines are being removed, even though the Trump administration is saying that's not happening. I mean, I think they, the last thing I saw was 671. Right. Which have the, which have, what did I have written down? They can sort over 20 million pieces of paper mail per hour. Right. That's, that's, I mean, what's, been, that's what's been taken away. Right. And so, you know, the, the more of those machines, the more of those, um, uh, even the, the mail receptacles themselves that are taken out, the bigger the burden on the Postal Service and the higher the chance that there are votes that do not get counted. So, but the specific danger of the Trump administration, and we talk about this, right? We talk about when when people, and I talk to even a lot of my homies about this, where they go, well, you know, there's the uh, uh, both the Trump and Biden or, or this and this and that and this and this and that. And I understand people who have, to a degree, uh, lost faith in the American political system to where they don't believe that any specific president represents economic, political, um, or societal change for their community. I get that. I understand that. But I also want people to understand the specificity of the danger of the Trump administration. The reason why I say that is because Trump will burn it all down. Like yeah. he'll, like he'll burn it all down. He will. Like the postal service is a very important piece. It's the fucking exactly. postal service. And if Donald Trump has to destroy it or erode American confidence in it to get what he wants, and he'll do that, there's nothing too sacred, nothing too integral to our way of life that the Trumps won't destroy or diminish. That's yeah. why the deintellectualization of America, I'm having trouble with that word today, is important because we're going to, and then over the next close to 90 days, inside 70 some odd, whatever it is, over the next X amount of days, we're going to need Americans to be smart. And we're going to need them to be able to see through the propaganda machine that they're getting to understand the freedoms and the rights that are being taken away from them and how that doesn't just have to exist in a moment. Those freedoms and those rights can be taken away from them in perpetuity. Like forever. So with this particular situation, it seems like another thing that is kind of, but like this is a major, major sticking point. This is a big, big moment. There is a way for us to have a free and fair election. And then there is a way for us to have an election that's framed by fascism and by an uh, 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 an aspiring autocrat, which the president has shown himself to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think the the craziest thing is is that Trump is putting information out there that's making it seem like the postal service is only about mail in voting when people rely on it for just their everyday needs. That's what's the craziest thing. They're asking for money to just function like most businesses, like most people, they too have been impacted by the pandemic and they mm-hmm. are asking for relief. Not so Joe Biden can be in office simply so they can provide a service that they've been doing forever. That's right. It And if you can't see past it, it's almost like there's just no hope for you. And then with Trump now backtracking and saying he supports the service, that gives those people who are 
on the Trump side to say, well, no, wait a minute. He actually said he is, he does believe in the Postal Service. He does back them. But what is he doing behind the scenes? That's what you need to pay attention to. What is Trump doing? Trump is trying to suppress votes. That's really what it's stripped down to. He himself has admitted it in so many words. Hmm. Yeah, and even that tactic, right? The tactic of, because remember, Trump supporters don't care that he's wearing a mask now. They're still fighting the, the mask right. civil war. Right. They're like, they, they're like they don't, they don't care, right? So all they need to do is hear their initial marching orders from the president, and that's what they act off of. So, and the administration realizes that they realize that they they realize if they spend two or three weeks telling people that masks are bad, that even when they come back around and go, okay, masks are good, which they would do for a political joust with the left, right? To say, oh, we were always pro-mass, but no, you weren't. And the damage that you've done to your constituency and your base is already there. And so the same thing with the Postal Service. Trump will come back and say, ah, I love the Postal Service. Yeah, give them the $25 billion the Democrats want to give them so they they can operate um, at their highest capacity, right? And we can have a free and fair election. I've always been about that. But the problem with that is you've already sowed the seeds of confusion and dissension within the American electorate to make them believe that the Postal Service can't be counted on. That way, if you lose the election and you decide that you're either going to challenge the results or in the worst case scenario, not leave the White House at all, you've created the emotional sort of basis within your group to do so. Remember, I told you that this was going to happen. Yeah. And you can kind of play both sides of it and use, you know, the people that disseminate information for the president in order to do that. It's just, it's a weird and an oddly simple but effective game that you're really going to have to be educated in order to not fall victim to it. But it doesn't matter when your your base, and I was going to say fan base because that's really what it's becoming, is cult-like. They just follow whatever he does. They're not trying to listen to facts or do their own research. They're listening to what he tells us, and then they act or re-say, reiterate that same rhetoric. That's right. it. And that's what's right. so. That's why it's so hard to combat because it's cult-like. That's mm-hmm. it. Right. So we are going to be dedicated to this. Um, not yes. to, not even to the. Uh, the specific discussion of President Trump and his and his sort of involvement in this, we're going to be dedicated to you guys knowing, especially in the crucial states, especially in the crucial states, all of our thought warriors that are in Pennsylvania and Florida, Florida. and Wisconsin um, and Texas, which might be in play. Okay. Uh, Arizona, Ohio, places like that, Michigan, states that are going to be really important to decide in this election, we're going to be dedicated to you knowing exactly what it is that you need to do uh, to not be disenfranchised. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Florida and Pennsylvania, very, very, very important. Very important. Really to me, really, seriously, really to me, I would almost just focus on those two states. I would just focus on Florida and Pennsylvania in terms of making sure that the votes in those two states are fair because they are going to be so crucial and important to what happens in November. Florida and Pennsylvania. Well, Florida's got a uh, Florida. Miami-Dade has a big local election tomorrow. You got mayor up. So 
I, I didn't change my license in time enough, but for those of you out there, today is a voting day for you. So who's, sure who's you running for mayor? There. Who's running for mayor out there? Is Uncle Luke, Luke <laughs> Luther Campbell running? Why, why didn't Luke just run for mayor? I saw Luke on an ad the other day promoting somebody else. No, <laughs> he's not running. You would Look, vote I, for him? I would definitely vote for Uncle Luke. If I lived in Miami, if I lived in Miami, I'll I tell you what Uncle Luke should do. What? Uncle Luke, listen to me. You help raise me. <laughs> Your music. <laughs> Uncle Luke should run, and this should be his campaign slogan. I feel like you've thought about this before, but please go I have. Ahead. Luther Campbell, me so horny for change. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Me so horny <laughs> for change. <laughs> oh, my God. He's horny for change. Me so horny. Oh, we got it. Me so horny. Oh, we got it. Me so horny. Like you know I'm saying, and you could you could bump that joint, right? You bump that joint, but then you say, and then he comes into the back. Me so horny. Uh, uh, <laughs> me so horny. And then but and he comes back and he says, "I'm so horny for, uh, you know what I'm saying for uh, income equality." Y'all, I'm we just so had horny this, this for, deep uh, discussion about I'm the saying, United States Postal Service. But think about, about it. And about Trump and how these people think and being intellectual. And here comes Van with the me so horny slogan. The, the me so horny slogan works because think about it. What does it mean when you're horny? When you're horny, it means that you essentially want something Listen. so bad. Think about that. That's you should, We should all be horny people would for be jamming the slogan. Horny for change, Rachel. We should all be horny for change. More than they would be out headed to vote. No. It, like, it, oh, y'all hear that new, that new right. Uncle Luke? Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. Think about when you're actually horny, right? When you're actually horny, what you're willing to do for satisfaction. You're willing to drive Damn. across town for it. You're willing to stay up. You're willing to starve yourself for it. You're willing to pay all kinds of crazy money for it. That's how we have to be about American political and social change. We got to be horny for it. Horny. I understand What's the definition the defi- of horny? What's the definition of horny? Give me the definition. Uh, no, hold on, said, hold on. I'm, I'm going to look it up right now. It. You act I'm like I don't something. know what it means. I'm, I'm on I to something. I think all the thought warriors understand. Copper understands. We all uh, get oh, it. We know copper understands. <laughs> copper, let's see, look, I'm going to look up the definition of horny right now. Just horny. Uh, I'm, uh, here it is. Like It says horny. Uh, uh, feeling or feeling or arousing sexual incitement, excitement, right? So let's let's change that definition. Oh, feeling no, you want to change or, it. Absolutely. Wait, 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 because I'm saying you're horny for something. Feeling or arousing political excitement. That's it's gotta be that level, Rachel, on a human uh, wow. base animal level. That's how we gotta be one. We gotta be horny for change. Horny Make for a change. T-shirt. Make a t-shirt. Make a t shirt. That's it. T shirts are coming. <laughs> Uncle Luke, you're missing out. You made the the number one anthem with the word horny in it, and you could be down there in Miami. You you made it. Uh, You made it. Um, Now, something happened yesterday that was very confusing to me. What? Um, I don't know how to feel. Okay. And I got to do something I never, ever do. What? (laughs) I got to take my hat off to Kim Kardashian. I do. I wow. Do. I, 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 it's, it's weird. And ben, you I, have the floor. Go I, ahead. I got to take my hat off to Kim Kardashian. I do. I, I really do. 
And I have to take my hat off to Kim Kardashian, not even for what she specifically did, but for the tactic that she's using. Okay. Okay. So if you guys don't know what it is that I'm talking about, Kim Kardashian went on her Twitter. And on her Twitter, she talked about the fact that she is seeking freedom for a Louisiana man that was convicted of murder. This Louisiana man is named Corey Miller. Now, if you don't know the name Corey Miller, you might potentially know him as C. Murder. C. Murder is one-third of TRU rap group with Silk and Master P. He is also uh, one of the most pioneering rappers in Southern hip-hop history on his own, on his solo tip, C-Murder was one of my favorite. He was. C-Murder was a big-time solo artist. Okay. You also said he's one of your favorites, so now I know where the bias is coming in. But keep going. Yeah. I like C-Murder. I'm not, okay. I'm not lying. Love, love C-Murder. C-Murder in No Limit. C-Murder was like... So Master P was the brains in No Limit, right? Okay. And it's in like Silk. He was kind of like the star and the young star of No Limit, right? You know, whatever you guys believe about Silk. Y'all like to yeah, hate on Silk. I think trips, Silk was the... He stutters over his rap lyrics. I can't. But, but, but Silk was the one that was doing records with Maya, and he was... They were t- pushing Silk he was as a young He was star. the cutest one. Was, yeah, okay. But C-Murder was the authenticity of No Limit. He was the soul of No Limit. He was the one... He was the real one when it came down to it. That's nothing against, really? uh, you know, obviously Silk or P. They were, I mean, Master P changed hip-hop. So, But C-Murder yeah. was the one, ah, oh, is that C-Murder, okay? Um, <laughs> now, uh, he is Master P's brother. Master P, Silk, and, um, and C-Murder are all brothers. Kim said that she was going to try to free C-Murder. She said that, um, uh, and, and this is something that, down there in Louisiana, a lot of people believe that C-Murder was wrongly convicted. I cannot speak on that. We should say that in the case of C-Murder, a young man was killed. There was a young man killed. And yes. we and we want justice for that family. We always want justice for any family that uses that loses someone, especially I think the kid was particularly young, I think 16 or 17 uh, or something at this time. Um, but when you talk to P and you talk to Silk, they really don't believe that their brother is guilty of this crime. And C. Murder has maintained his innocence since it since he was uh, found guilty, even when right. he was charged. He's always maintained his innocence. That should be he's he's maintained his he's maintained his innocence. And uh, according to what Kim say and what P and Silk say, uh, since the conviction, there have been numerous witnesses to recant their stories. And there has been enough for some people to believe that C-Murder should be granted a second look, a second chance at freedom, a second trial, or that the conviction itself should be overturned uh, outright. Now, why am I confused? Why am I confused? Why was this brilliant by, 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 uh, by Kim Kardashian? This is why. I am sick of the Kardashians. I'm on record in saying this. I'm sick of them. Absolutely sick of the Kardashians. However, it's hard not for me to care about whether or not C-Murder got done wrong. If Kim Kardashian 
then finds out or gets to the bottom of whether or not C murder is in jail unjustly, in prison unjustly, does that prove her usefulness? I know she's already done big things for Alice Johnson and other people, but like, this is something, and that doesn't mean, to, I don't mean to diminish Alice Johnson or any of the other people no, that Kim Kardashian huge. is separate, but this right here is somebody who means something culturally to me. So it's weird, It's a, but it's a brilliant move by her because she almost got all of Louisiana by doing that. <laughs> is that the tactic that you said that, that, that you love so much? Because you the said tactic, that it's very, very, very intentional. It's incredibly intentional. Boosie. Boosie said, uh, Boosie, basically the biggest rapper we ever had from Baton you know Rouge said, Boosie. Boosie said, yo, if you get, if you get see murder free, I love you forever. You know, you're not going to be able to, there's so many people from back home that you're not going to be able to tell them nothing if she gets see murder free. Actually, let me just correct that. I love Boosie. I loved him. He has done some very problematic things and said some things. I just, before anybody says anything that I do not agree with, I just want to put that out there too. <laughs> right. Because I feel like, right. the, I've, well, no, I just feel like I said I love Boosie. I mean, that was, that's college music. You know, it takes me back to a time. I, I right. love his music, but I disagree with a lot of the things he's done since then um, that have been problematic, specifically towards women. I just want to put that out there. Right. Um, here's my thing with you and the Kardashians. I think you can separate the two. I think you can say, you know what? I'm sick of the Kardashians because of how they maybe exploit the culture you feel like, or mm -hmm. maybe because we see so much of them in social media. They're everywhere. I think you can separate that and say, I'm sick of seeing them in that regard, but you are happy or excited about the criminal justice reform that Kim Kardashian has been committed to since Alice Marie Johnson. I think that it's okay for you to recognize that and to say, I don't like this part, but I love the work that she's doing. She's using her platform for something great. And I know a lot of people knocked Kim for, you know, like, oh, she's just doing this for this, or, oh, she's just going to law school. Who cares? She's making a difference. And I think that that's what you have to focus on. So whether it be a C murder or the next person, because there's several people she's been involved with and has even spoken to President Trump on their behalf, fighting for criminal justice reform, I think that it's okay for you to acknowledge that. It's okay to say you like that side of the Kardashians. It doesn't change anything. You can separate the two. It's, it's going to be okay there. It's going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, um, I get it. Look, by the way, I don't know whether or not C. Murder is uh, innocent or guilty. I, I don't. But, but what I do know is that if C. Murder is innocent, uh, I would love to see him home if he didn't, in fact, do this. We, I talked about it before. Two witnesses in 2018 say that they were there and that he wasn't the shooter. And that's what people are trying to do. I do not want to in any way uh, belittle or sort of add to a family's pain that lost someone if they feel like they got justice. I don't want you to. You want justice served, right? I want justice served. Um, but can right. we also not, and this is what I do hate with the Kardashians, is they become involved and it becomes all about them, whether you want to say fault to them or not. But let's not take away from the fact that Monica has been fighting for years alongside uh, Master P and Silk and the rest of the family for C-Murder's innocence because she was dating him at the time that this happened. And she hasn't stopped fighting for him. But Monica doesn't have the same 
platform that a Kardashian does. And so now it's getting even more attention when she's been doing this since 2009. Yeah, Monica been down. And Monica and C-Murder have a very spiritual type relationship that, you know, she's never going to stop fighting for her. You know, Monica was you know, married to a different guy and all of that stuff like that, but yeah. it doesn't matter. She'll, she'll always be there for C and always be uh, somebody who believes in his innocence. And so, you know, that's not surprising. The Kim Kardashian thing was sort of surprising. And apparently Is it? Monica. Well, I mean, he's famous. So I, I mean, don't think I, that's surprising. Touche, but I think that, and it, it, Monica apparently put Kim Kardashian with Lala Anthony, um, or excuse me, Lala. Apparently, Monica reached out to Lala, who's friends with Kim Kardashian, and that's how everybody got kind of in the same yeah. sphere to have this done. It's just a weird thing to wear, and it, it kind of makes you can you compartmentalize? Because yes. that's what you're asking me to do. Can you compartmentalize? Can you? Uh, and it's hard for me. But I, I, but it was a savvy, back to my point though, it was a savvy move because there's a lot of people that's going to not, because if she delivers, it's like, it's a lot of people. If she it's finds not a lot justice, of people. it's Louisianians. It it's Louis, no, is that what y'all call it? No, that's not, it's not, a, it's not a, just Louisianians that would love, there's a whole Southern hip hop culture that, that been screaming free C murder for a long, long time. It's not just Louisiana. I, I, I get that, but I wasn't like, whoa, look what Kim Kardashian is doing. Like, I, I saw the story before we even put it in the rundown and never even thought to talk about it. That's because you, you, really, you don't really love the culture like you say you do, though. Oh, I mean, okay. That's the... I just think for you, there's a personal <laughs> bias because C murder is your favorite. I'm fully aware of, like, I'm a big, I'm actually a big Louisiana. No limit fan. No yeah, limit. Ca- I'm true. more cash money than I am no limit, but I'm a big Southern Louisiana oh, music whoa, whoa, fan. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Big, that's, big. That's oh, why you I'm don't care. Money. I'm oh, cash money. I'm cash money. That's why you for. don't care. That's why you don't, don't care about C murder because you got the cash money, no put, limit beef. How many times have I tried to put the No Limit Chronicles documentary in the rundown? I'm a yeah. big fan. I'm a big yeah. fan. I wanted to talk about it. Right. Thank you. Yeah, by the way, the shout out to BT, to Master P, Love being able to tell his story. Uh, you guys, a lot of people, a lot of thought warriors might not know specifically the importance of the figures that we're talking about. Master P is, to me, one of the 10 most important black business professionals of that decade for what he was able to do, the deal he was able to craft, how he was able to build his brand, his brothers, his music record empire, all up from absolutely nothing, zero zip zilch. Shout out to Master P. Had him on the podcast back in the day. I look at him as a mentor, as a big homie, as all of those things. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 interesting. It the question is, is it time to take Kim Kardashian's efforts in this realm seriously? And if you don't take them seriously by now, is it that you're just hating on her? Yes. Am I just hating on Kim Kardashian at this point? Yeah, yes, and yes. Just because you can't take away the good that someone's doing. You know, it's not that she's doing anything bad. You're just sick of her. We just, we just tired of, of seeing so much of her not doing anything. Okay. People have complained that Kim Kardashian doesn't have any talents. She's not doing anything. She's just taking pretty pictures and, and just being a face in a body. Now here is Kim Kardashian actually doing something beautiful with her platform. And we still going to hate on her. You can't, you can't knock yeah. what she's doing. 
You can't. It's, it's tough. I mean, she does have a television show coming out that's going to chronicle all of this stuff. It came out, I believe, in April of this year, and she's supposed to have another one or another episode coming out soon. Kim Kardashian, The Justice Project. Uh, Somebody has the, a problem with the title of the name. That's okay. I, I don't have a problem. <laughs> no, I, no, I don't have a problem with it. Don't, I don't have a problem with it. Okay. But I have, like, the criminal justice space is full of amazing, unbelievably dedicated activists. It is. It's, it's, it's full of them. Full of them. Okay? Full of full organizations. Yes. That have been doing this for a long, long time. There are some that believe that somebody who has a significant amount of celebrity coming along and becoming the face of a movement that they haven't particularly devoted their lives to is not the way it should go. I I have such a problem with this. I get it. I get you feeling that way. One, we don't know what this documentary is going to entail, and we don't know if she's going to highlight other people that have been involved way before she has or dedicated their life. But if the common goal is criminal justice reform, who cares who's the face of it? Are you trying to be the face or are you trying to push forward an initiative? That's what I have the biggest problem with. I... it's it's very much so contradictory for me to me for you to want to be against somebody who's pushing forward the same initiative that you have just because you might not be getting the shine. I get it. You got to be dedicated to the initiative and the goal and not be distracted by a Kardashian who may come up and join and join the fight as well. I just I get it. I get why you would be upset, but I don't think that that's right if you're all fighting for the same thing. I understand it. I understand your point, uh, but I'm still going to do something right now. Michelle Alexander uh, is a civil rights attorney, social justice activist, best-selling author of The New Jim Crow, yes. Mass Incarceration in the Age of Colorblindness. Uh, her, C.C. McDonald, okay? C.C. McDonald, I'm going to give you some of these names right here. Give them uh, to it, me. It, give them yeah. to everybody. C.C. McDonald. Uh, was uh, attacked with a glass bottle in in Minneapolis. Okay, after getting shouted uh, racist and the transphobic uh, transphobic comments at her, um, she was in. She was she uh, she retaliated by stabbing a man. He died. This is crazy. Uh, she pled guilty, charged with second degree murder, was sentenced to forty one months in a men's prison. Uh, she became an activist uh, for. Uh, criminal justice reform, transgender rights, very important uh, a lady. Patrice Colors, amazing. Okay? Patrice Colors, Black Lives Matter, all-encompassing, amazing person. I'm saying the names. Mar- Marion Wright Edelman, another person. These are names that you guys need to know. They've been fighting for this stuff a long, long time ago. And of course, the amazing uh, Angela Davis, who is uh, one of the oldest contributors to... Uh, thought warrior-like opinions on this and represents a monument of freedom and radical revolutionary blackness and action with every breath that she draws. I'm not trying to take anything away from Kim Kardashian. No, you're just bringing awareness to it, and I get it. And I think that if the goal is to bring awareness and to encourage people to join the fight, if somebody has a huge platform like Kim Kardashian West, then 
why are we not applauding her efforts to join the fight? You know, it's not about, guess- appla- it's not about applauding her efforts. I'm going to give you an example of something, right? Um, and this is the dangerous part of it. It's, it's dangerous when people honeymoon with your struggle. If Kim Kardashian is going to be devoted to this and going to, you know, and this is for anybody with, with anything. If she's going to be devoted to this and going to like put herself out there and devote her life to this, it's, that's amazing. She's going to, you know, throw a whole bunch of shine on it and stuff like that and use a platform. That's great. But sometimes what happens is these efforts and these initiatives and these fights and these struggles, they're not temporary. They're not. They exist in a long time. And a lot of times when you put something on, when you put the light on something like that, the danger is one day you move your light to something different and your flock goes with you. And then the women that actually need, the women and the men that actually need us to support them for a lifelong effort of this, they get victimized when you move on to the next thing, right? When you go to the next thing, when it's no longer trendy or popular to do it, well, now the fight for criminal justice reform or freeing people or, you know, against the death penalty, whatever it might be, now that's not trendy anymore. We, we've been there and we did that. So there's a specific danger to Kim Kardashian getting involved into something like this if she's not willing to go in for the long haul because the women that I just mentioned and so many more women who are working for this, black women, by the way, who never get the credit that they deserve for what they do, they're going to need me and my energy and my activism and my voice and my platform long after some people move on to something different. I, I totally agree with you. And I think that Kim Kardashian got involved prior to uh, what's happening, what we're seeing, not think, I know she did, prior to what we're seeing happening right now, where we're seeing a lot of people do things performative on social media, but aren't actually doing things to make a change in the injustices that we're seeing. And I think, and I am by no means uh, a Kardashian's, you know, fan, supporter, any of that kind of thing. It's just, let's not knock her if she's trying mm. to do something. Um, she hasn't neglected it yet. She's only picked up momentum with it. And she was doing it before we had everyone's attention with what happened in May this year. So I, mm. I at the moment, I am happy for what she's doing. And I do hope she's continuing it to where we're not bringing her up later talking about how she's neglected what she's been doing. This episode is brought to you by 7-Eleven. Cold slurpy drinks and a hot summer day are a match made in heaven. And your favorite refreshment just got even better. Let's talk about 7-Eleven's $1 small slurpy drink with seven rewards. It's the classic frozen fizzy treat you can't get anywhere else. I'm a blue raspberry guy. Just know that about me. Know that I'm going to be going forward. Anytime there's a drink like this, I'm in on the blue raspberry. If you're feeling thirsty, feeling thirsty right now, how about going to visit a 7-Eleven valid through 1725? 7-Eleven has the right to end this promotion early, plus tax, participating U.S. stores. See app for full terms. All rights reserved. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now, I get it. I get it. I get it. Uh, And my skepticism, (laughs) I don't even know if it's skepticism. It's just... I don't want to be black led. children. That's that's the only thing. I'm just I I I would like to think that the reason she got involved is looking in the bed and seeing that she's with a black man and seeing four black children running around her and so are her nieces and nephews. That's I guess that's why I, what I hope continues her fight. Like it's your children are gonna be affected by this. No, okay. No, 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 no. They're black. They are. They are, but I get the privilege and everything you want to attach. Cry- I'm just saying, <laughs> they're, they're right. black. I get the. Pri- I, I know what you're saying. Kim and Kanye's kids, you know. I know. I guess but what could, I guess what I'm saying is you're not, you're not removed from it. You you your kids are half black. Well, hey, point, look, look, and are look. Looked at as black. Guess what I'm doing right now? I'm being an asshole. Okay. Well, do yeah, we need like, to make an announcement? That, that comes every that comes every single podcast. <laughs> oh, uh, we should also say real quick, um, uh, a hip hop sort of crime was not solved, but at least got closer to being solved. Jam Master J, you guys might not have heard that name. Some of you might not have heard it, but he was uh, one third of one of the most important hip hop groups of all time, Run DMC was actually Run DMC and Jam Master J. Jam Master J was murdered uh, some years ago, decade plus ago, I think. And his wow, killers were never brought to justice. It's been a, lot, been a while. His killers were never brought to justice. Uh, finally, in this year, 2020, two men were just arrested for the 2002 slaying of Jam Master J. So when I say that, it's been nearly 20 years. Wow. Uh, don't know where that's going to go, but um, you know, maybe Jam Masters J's uh, family, the culture, uh, and a lot of other people are yeah. uh, one step closer to having some sort of justice or reconciliation with what happened to him. I should say, people that might be out there talking about, you know, everything that Jay did in the 80s, which you can't even quantify how important Run DMC was to, to hip hop. Like you're not, mm-hmm. you're probably not listening to, to all the Drake and Young Thug and all the stuff you're listening to right now. If Young Thug, did, if, if, if Run DMC didn't keep those doors down, but also even in the more recent Jam Master J, incredibly, incredibly influential in the rise of one Curtis 50 Cent Jackson. One of the first people to start working with 50 Cent. So Jam Master J has had a thumbprint, had a thumbprint. Uh, and the way that he was murdered was just absolutely yeah. horrible. So very, very sad. Now, um, the Washington football franchise made a move. The Washington, what do, what, what do we call them? The Washington I, racists? I, Washington football team? Washington football team? I, I guess, I don't know what to call them. Like, I, 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 they, we need a new name. We need a new name. Yeah. We need a new, if you had to choose the Washington football team's new name, what would you choose? Like, Red what tells. would you say? The Red Tails. Okay, for the you know the the the, the red tails the Tuskegee Airmen they shoot people down Michael B Jordan the whole movie did you see red tails in theaters? No, you didn't. 
because you're all about supporting stuff. But like when you, we need you to go into the theater and go see the movie, then I'm you don't go see it. movies. We've established this. Okay. Um, no, you know what? I didn't see it in the theaters either. But like, I didn't. I wouldn't saw Underworld. But, <laughs> but I, I didn't see it. But you know what I did do? What? I bought a, I bought a ticket to it. I bought a ticket to it. I didn't see it in the theaters. I bought a ticket to it. Well, I, uh, I just suggested that they should be the name of the Washington which you're using your pla- You're using your platform you. to affect. So Washington hired Jason Wright. Uh, Jason Wright um, was a partner in a consulting firm called McKinsey & Company, and he would help rebuild companies in peril. He is now the president of the Washington football team. He is the first black um, president <laughs> of a National Football League team. So he is, in, in his past incarnations, in his past professional life, he has rebuilt companies in peril. I think that the Washington football team certainly fits the bill of a company in peril, not just because of the you know, obvious name change scandal that they have, but also because of recent revelations of sexual harassment and misconduct that went on inside of the organizations, unchecked, unchecked, shall I say, for years. So he's got a lot of work to do, Jason Wright. First black president of an NFL team. NFL, a league that is consistently, consistently around 70 to 75% black. If I'm right, could be a little higher, could be a little lower. But in 2020 now, has their first black team president. Hmm. Hmm. How long has the NFL been around? A hundred years? Something like that. Something like that. I'll look it up. Hundred years. First black president. I mean, this just is so reflective of what the NFL represents, which is why they can't get things right. When it comes to social justice initiatives, they just don't get it. And that's partly because they don't have any representation in their front Mm -hmm. offices to explain this to them. I am excited for Jason Wright. Did you know that he was the son of a former Black Panther? I did not know that. I saw that. And he's, uh, his middle name is Gomillion. And it's in honor of his great uncle, who was an activist professor at the Tuskegee Institute. I mean, wow. this man is like deep rooted, you know, with, with Black culture. And not to, I mean, that's just adding on to the rest of his resume that you just pointed out. I am excited for him. I'm also very, very nervous for him. This is a big, big task to take. Whenever mm. you're the first... You are, there's a lot of pressure on you. Everybody's watching you. You almost uh, are going to be setting the example of what's to come. And this man is getting this, this job in the middle of a pandemic. We don't know how the NFL is going to deal with COVID uh, in the middle of Black Lives Matter. And also with decades worth of issues that you just brought up, not to mention that the team has eight losing seasons in the last 11 years. I mean, there is a lot of work to be done. And what I don't want for people to do is look at Jason Wright as this miracle worker. Like Hmm. he is going to turn the entire franchise around. No, that's not necessarily his job. It's not to turn everything around. It is just to make some change. So I do commend Dan Snyder, which do we ever do that? For for this hire, I think this is, it's obviously novel, but I don't think he was anyone who was on the short list. So it seems like they kind of 
broke the mold in getting Jason Wright. And I do have to nod the Washington football team for their colorful changes they've been making. Black quarterback, even though now they're saying, you know, he's going to be challenged in that with Alex yeah. Smith being activated. Yeah, Alex um, Smith coming back. What a fucking crazy story. Alex Smith. Alex Smith should not only should Alex Smith not be playing football. Alex Smith maybe shouldn't have legs. Alex Smith Man. maybe shouldn't even be alive. Alex Smith's story, some kind of way. Crazy. You guys go look at Alex Smith's shit. Alex Shout Smith's- out to Stefania Bell, my girl who had the exclusive, who documented crazy. that whole journey. Like Alex Smith's legs just went gabow. And like he like, did you? And he, he worked his way back. You tough son of a bitch bastard, Alex Smith. You, <laughs> like, you're not even going to be bad if he gets the, the position I, over Haskins, look, are you? Look, Haskins is, to me, has the goods. I think he's very talented. He's going to be a player in this league for a long time. And I hate saying stuff like that about former Ohio State players because my man in Mecca uh, just has the biggest head. Shout out to the Pilot Boys <laughs> podcast. Mecca has the biggest head about all things Ohio State. So I hate complimenting Ohio State athletes. But Haskins will be great. Long time, going to be a pro bowler, going to be a starter. Give Alex Smith a give Alex Smith a little bit just for getting back. You guys, don't take my word for it. Go look yeah. at how Alex Smith worked himself back. That god look, I think damn he had like warrior. 17 surgeries. I mean, he got an he infection in his leg. You guys from a just, football it's, injury. It's he almost crazy. died. Died. Crazy. See, you know what that you know why? You know why? We talked about this before. You know why he was able to come back? It's probably because white people be drinking milk. Alex <laughs> Smith, because I don't know how white people's stomachs can handle. Like that whole milk know. like that. Like just like you you be at your homeboy's house and like you, you see, you say, hey, man, come over. I'm going to get a refreshment. And you go, okay, you're going to go in there and get yourself maybe some maybe some water, you know. Perhaps you'd get some juice. And then if he's white, your homeboy he takes out a, a, a thing of whole milk and he pours it. And then you watch him drink the whole milk and you think, you psychopath, why are you drinking a glass of whole milk? But then Alex Smith, who grew up on whole milk probably because he's white, <laughs> then he he fucks up his bones and the whole milk is like a T-1000. It like bonds his bones back together, man. Shout the out to that. The only black people I've seen that will pull out like a gallon of milk like that are people who are black people who grew up on a farm. My dad grew up on a farm. And so he used to drink milk like that. Yeah. Not anymore. I don't know whole, when it. Your, your dad's a whole milk drinker? Uh, 2%. But oh my God. there was what a time. Up? There was a time no. when he would drink whole milk. I mean, two percent milk. And I, I've never been a fan of dairy, like ever. So I don't. Of I course, don't do you that. have it. It's not in your DNA. <laughs> but my dad, growing up on a farm, I'm talking like hay, horses, cows, all the animals. You know, going to the rodeo, like very much so. Family of eleven. Uh, do you they, think that your dad? Do you think that your dad likes whole milk because that's what they serve on Epstein's plane? <laughs> Wait, I paused because I was like, <laughs> I didn't hear you. And then it took a while for me to register what you actually said. My dad's going to have this whole podcast shut down. Oh, my God. 
Uh, but no, Jason Wright, you know, I'm looking them up right now. There's so many things I did not know about this, brothers. It's like, despite the joking around, it is a, a historic moment. He actually was an NFL player himself uh, for some years. He looked to be a running back. 633 yards on his NFL career. Two rushing over touchdowns. Over four years? Over, over four over, years? Over, looks like six because he started off with the Niners in 04, ended up with the Cardinals 2010. Big job. Here's the thing about uh, Jason Wright, and I'm looking at the personal life that you're talking about. Um, he he worked at the, he was a partner at McKinsey and Company. He worked in environmental and organizational culture, including diversity and inclusion. Here's the issue with the Jason Wright hire. Not an issue, but um, if you think about when President Obama took over the country, right? Took over the country in 2008. And besides the moment that we're in right now, thanks to another group of Republicans, but despite the, mo- despite the moment we're in right now, 2008 was all fucked up, okay? 2008, we had the worst financial crisis that we had. We had wars waging everywhere. And so people don't really look back on uh, the first term of Barack Obama in terms of what it was that he really needed to fix. He had to turn an economy around. America was losing standing globally. Uh, people no longer believed that maybe we weren't who we said we were. All the same things that we're into right now, right? Um, and President Obama rose to the task. Him and his entire administration was not a perfect administration by any means, right? And maybe we could have gotten more out of it. But if you're looking to a change in the economy, getting Osama bin Laden, uh, and making some progress on some of the things that he tried to make progress on, you have to rate President Obama's presidency as a resounding success. You'd have to, looking at where we were. Um, Jason Wright is in much the same situation with Washington. Washington Mm -hmm. is in a terrible position as a franchise right now. (laughs) So not only do you have to be the measuring stick, which is inherently racist, right? That any one person is going to be the measuring stick for their entire race based on that performance when there are 40 or 50 million black people out here and one person's ability to do a job should not in any way affect another person's ability to do a job. Whatever, that's a separate fucking thing. But he's doing it in a situation to where it's very, very like the odds are against him. Yeah, it's they a are. tough, he tough to situation. Yeah. He has to know that coming in. I mean, I feel like I read something where he's recognized it, but I don't think he realizes the pressure. Not it, it's like forget being the first black president of a team, just the pressure of what he's accepting. And and COVID alone, you don't even know how you're gonna the, the NFL is gonna function or how he's gonna be able to function with the team in the middle of COVID. It, it's just a lot. But good luck to him. I wish him all the best. I hope that he is a miracle worker and he can change things and turn them around to where he just paves the way for a whole slew of uh people of color stepping into the role of president for NFL teams. Yeah, look, it, for a league that has, you know, such a high concentration of black players, it's it, part of the next phase of the NFL's evolution is going to be in empowering some of those black players that the league uh, makes his money with. And in the past, you know, you could look at certain things and be like, okay, well, all the QBs are black or were white and all that stuff like that. But now you see the league changing a lot on the field. Yeah. On the field, you see guys like Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and different things. But you also see the NFL's inability to reconcile situations like the Colin Kaepernick situation. They were a little clumsy out of the gate, the gate on you know some of the things that were changing in society just here recently. And you hope that at least incrementally, um, 
the league can be moving forward. I can tell you right now, I will have no trust, no trust in the NFL evolving until they've properly reconciled and atoned for what they did to Colin Kaepernick and what they are currently doing to another player, Eric Reed. You guys, it's flying under the radar yeah. what's happening to Eric Reed right now. Eric Reed didn't just come back and have a successful season for the Carolina Panthers last year. Eric Reed had a record-breaking season for the Carolina Panthers this year and remains unsigned and inactive on an NFL roster at the age of 28. Shout out to my boy, Eric wow, Reed. Wow, he's that young? He's that young. Shout out to my boy, Eric Reed, who is a fine, fantastic, top-flight NFL talent, top-flight NFL player. What's happening to him is a, is a political lynching, and it's it needs to be discussed. Come on, Jason. Washington football team could use him in the secondary for sure. For sure. Eric Jason, Reed could be used. make it happen. Make it happen. You, that, that's a, that would be a power move. That would be yeah, power bring move. in Eric Reed. Like, you got the job. See, this is why I like. You got the job, bro. Go in there. Now it's time to wear your beret. Go in there and say, yo. You got the juice. You, got, got, the, the you got the juice now. Jason, put your beret on. Go in there right now and say, I got a team name. Like your daddy the did. Wa- <laughs> like your daddy. The Washington Black Panthers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. And, and, then, and then, by the way, if they say no, just come to us. Come to the culture. Say, yo, I want to change the Washington Black Panthers. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to make our headquarters called the Black House. The whole deal. <laughs> See what they say? Fuck with them. Drop your nuts, Jason. But seriously, congratulations. Congratulations, Jason. Congratulations, Jason. Now, uh, different black man making news for different reasons. That man's name is Daniel Cameron. Daniel Cameron is the attorney general down there in Kentucky uh, where Brianna Taylor was killed. You guys, we have not, will not, and will never forget about Brianna Taylor. Um, as a matter of fact, we know Brianna Taylor's name. We're never going to forget her name. But I, before we even get into this, I want to mention three other names because these are the names that we should be remembering. Jonathan Mattingly, Miles Cosgrove, and Brett Hankinson, okay? Those are the three cops that killed Breonna Taylor. Jonathan Maddenly, Miles Cosgrove, and Brett Hankinson. You don't get to be anonymous. You killed our sister. You get to be famous and villainized by this culture, and not just this culture, but any group of people that believes that an American citizen should not be executed by the state for no reason. Now, um, the attorney general down there, like I said, finally, after 150 days, has met with the family of Breonna Taylor. Uh, The meeting, and I quote, provided an opportunity for Attorney General Cameron to personally express his condolences to the family, said the office of the attorney general. The investigation remains ongoing and our Office of Special Prosecutions continues to review all the facts in the case to determine the truth. You heard this news and you thought what? I thought it was performative that he decided to meet with the family. As you just stated, it's been 150 days. 
I don't care that you were waiting for an investigation to be complete or you were waiting for something to happen because I believe that's what he said. He didn't want to interfere with the investigation. How does meeting with the family and giving them absolutely no new news or new information on the fam- with the family interfere with the investigation? When protesters popped up to your house to demand justice, they were arrested. Like you, you could have done this. The, the, like this man was. I believe the first black attorney general elected for the state of Kentucky. And when you are tested for the first time, this is what you do. You don't even represent. You don't even try to seek justice. I mean, all you had to do was go meet with the family, a phone call, something you've been hiding. You've been, I'm sorry. No, you've been celebrating your recent engagement. I believe it was or marriage. That's what he's been distracted doing. He hasn't been, he easily easily could have reached out to this family to give them something to say that there's an ongoing investigation to say that they're waiting on the FBI to finish doing their report, which is what they're waiting on. So I look at this and I'm not hopeful. I mean, a lot of the information that came out, it wasn't a lot. It said he met with them. Even the announcement from the attorney general's office in Kentucky was just like he met with them. He offered his condolences. He said that he's still waiting for some things for the FBI. He didn't make any promises. Um, He didn't say that justice will be served. I know the family is hopeful. We weren't privy to those conversations. The only thing that I am riding on is that he did talk to our our civil rights attorney, Ben Crump, said Mm -hmm. that he's hopeful that the arrest will be made in connection with Breonna Taylor's death sooner than later. That's what he said, Hmm. quote. So I, I, that gives me more hope than anything because I trust what Ben Crump is saying. Oh, did you see that he's getting a documentary made about his life? Who, mm-hmm. Ben Crump? Mm-hmm. I, so that's amazing. Ben Crump, yeah. good brother. It's a good brother. You know, Ben Crump. He hit Ben Crump up. Um, this is what I want. What do you want? I want Attorney General Daniel Cameron to attack <laughs> justice for Breonna Taylor the same way he would have attacked justice in this scenario. Let's say Cosgrove, Maddenly, and Hankinson were inside one of their homes, Mm -hmm. chilling, doing whatever it is cops do, you know, planning the next person they're going to come across the head with a nightstick or whatever, doing what cops do. They're hanging out. And Breonna Taylor and somebody, for some reason, mistakenly walk into where they are and slaughter them. Mm -hmm. Daniel Cameron would have gone on a worldwide hunt for justice. Breonna Taylor and whoever else would have been involved in that. Let's not use our sister's name in it. Let's say whoever would have been involved in that would have been made the poster children for American criminals, for savagery, mm-hmm. and for all of that. And they w- and he would have made it priority number one to talk to the people of Kentucky about why this heinous, unimaginable and senseless crime had to be adjudicated while these cops had to have justice. Whether it was a mistake, whether whatever, whatever the, 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 the running fucking excuse of the day for this is, mm-hmm. he would have put his career yeah. and his reputation as attorney general on the line in finding justice for what happened. You ask me what I want. I want that energy. 
Mm-hmm. I want that energy. I want the energy of not of placating the family after 150 days of going to talk to people and saying that we're working on it. I want the energy that would have been reserved for had this been police officers that lost their lost their lives when they didn't do a fucking thing. Right. See, that's what I want. And by the way, we're talking about a sister who was a public servant. Was involved, was an so EMS. True. Like, we're talking about somebody who was a public servant. The death, the senseless death of a public servant. Mm-hmm. Okay? Someone who didn't do anything, who's just mm-hmm. in there doing... So to me, I want that energy. And more to the point, I'm trying to understand if this man, Daniel Cameron represents his state and is supposed to be finding justice or delivering justice equitably for everyone, why we haven't had that energy. Right. Like, what's the point of not having had that energy? Why it hasn't been like that? Why does he not care or does it seem to care that she died? I know for a fact I bet a dollar against a million, a million against one that had this situation been reversed, he'd be everywhere. He built his political career based upon finding truth and justice. Yep. So where's that? That's the energy I want because this fucking energy here, this ain't doing nothing. No one is okay with this. I understand Brother Crump. Brother Crump got to be in these places, got to deal with these people, got to go out there and do that. We need him where he at. So love to him. But as far as what I want, what we want, the people that I talk to, we want justice for Brianna and we want punishment for her killers. And anything short of that is bullshit. Right. And I'm not dealing with it. So that's it. So I don't know why it's not why why it's all why, why we always get the quiet justice, why we always get the muted version of it. I want the loud, boisterous, this is a huge tragedy. This is should never happen in this country. This is why we're going to get these savages. We're going to get these criminals. We're going to get, that's what I want. And he's not delivering that. He don't care. Not at all. So, Not at all. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, she's dead. Guys, listen to me. She's dead. She's not coming back. She's dead. And we fucking around. No, I mean, I don't have anything to say after that because <laughs> if the head when the headline reads he went to visit the family after 150 days, almost as if tomorrow it was literally the anniversary as what people were saying. That's a, that's all you need to know. It took 150 days for this man to show this family anything. And then when he showed up, he had absolutely nothing to give them. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. I'm very curious to know what his platform was that he ran on when he ran for attorney general and if he is backed by police unions. Yeah, well, though, what a fantastic question. Yeah, what a fantastic question because question because all of this that we're talking about, all of this stuff we're dealing with, it's all an inside job. It's all, it's all when, when you talk about defunding, shout out to Philip McHarris, shout out to Mark Lamont Hill, shout out to everybody who's talked about this, shout out to No Name, shout out to everyone who's talked about this. And is and is and is and is out front on this. When you talk about defunding, and when you talk about abolishing, the reason why you're having these conversations is because the billions and billions of dollars that are being essentially embezzled by these police departments 
It's obvious that this isn't working. It's obvious that no one's safer, that there is no accountability, that there is no oversight, that there is absolutely zero increase in public safety in our current system. This is the death of an American citizen who hadn't done anything. We got to do better than this. Yep. We do. All right. So we have a new segment. Uh, as I uh, calm down and stop scaring my neighbors and stuff like that, I apologize for that. Your yelling. new neighbors. Your new neighbors. Uh, they my new neighbors. like that. My new neighbors don't even know what's going on. They're just like, <laughs> you guys, they're going to call. Well, listen, um, just to let you guys know, I heard something. I think that there's a runaway Negro. There is an unruly Negro that we just let into the building, and he was screaming. Not sure what he was screaming about, but I don't want to. I'm telling you. So I'm sorry. I'll have to apologize to everyone. But anyway, I will say this, though. Uh, moving into this new place. There's somebody who don't know how to park right down in the lower level of the parking thing. And I, I will ask you something. Should I, I don't know how to deal with this. So every time I pull my car in, right, mm-hmm. this person is parked too far. Mm-hmm. And like the ass of their car, first of all, this is a little bit of a nicer place. So like down there, it's just so funny me parking the 200, the 2010 Honda Cross Tour down there because it's like a fucking car show down there, right? L.A. <laughs> uh, it's 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 Range Rovers and the big Benzes and all of that stuff like that. The 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 coal ass Porsche. One of my neighbors got a coal Porsche. They parked down there. So, um, but there's a Mercedes. Mm-hmm. Then I got the 2010 trusty uh, uh, dependable Honda Cross Tour, and you know with the gas cap missing. There's a neighbor that parks too far out. So I got to negotiate that every time I'm trying to get in yeah. and getting out is really hard. Do I rat? Leave a Do note. I, Come on, Karen. You wanted to rat. So what I'm sorry, which one, which option is better? I'm asking, like, what I'm, I'm what do I what uh, I leave mean, an anonymous uh, note. An anonymous note? When I, mean, I just started they're, they're parking gonna, next to them? Wait, but is there somebody on the other side? Yeah, but they would it wouldn't be a big deal for them because they don't have to go around the car. Okay. See, I then have to tell, go around the ass of the car. If it's that much much of an issue, tell on them. Damn, I can't, I can't snitch, man. I'm not okay, Takashi 69. Okay, then send out like a big memo about how to park your car. You know what I mean? That's 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 the way to do it. A community, your your neighborhood, your building sounds like they give community updates. Then we got a portal. See? We got a portal. So I should just bring it up on a portal in like a slide, passive-aggressive type way. Yeah. That's you what your neighbors would do. That's definitely, no, that, that's not what they would do. They would come knock on the door. Knock. <laughs> yeah, they would. Hey! Welcome to the neighborhood. Uh, I know that you got kind of a big automobile and it's kind of hard for me to get out when I'm going to play squash. So, uh, let's, dude, Aces, if you could just pull in a little bit closer, not leave the ass end of it. You know, because I know it could be tough. You know what I mean? You know, you just got here from Africa. Anyway. Wait, um, you talking like that just reminds me of something because something I did have to do this weekend. Had you ever heard of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? Bill, what Bill? What am I doing? Hey, this is directly to Bill. Bill, are you listening to this? Like Bill, Juliet, like what? What am I doing? Like what? Am, what's up with this fucking podcast? Like what am I doing? Like what am I like? Seriously, seriously, in a real way. Bill, Chris, Sean, what are y'all doing to me? Like what am I doing? Who am I doing this with? Like I'm sorry. Do how, we have a movie podcast? Am I supposed I don't, to be? Have I ever heard of Bill and Ted's Excellent Event Adventure? What's you? Are you trying? You did that shit on purpose. Are you trying to fuck with me? 
No. I, I, is there something? Wait, I. Wait is a there second. Like a, whoa, wait, is whoa, there like a deep rooted issue? Because I actually whoa, have a story whoa. behind it. You had never heard of the movie Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Let me tell you how much I did not know about it. I had to interview Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter oh my God. this weekend. And I'm talking to my agent and I'm like, yeah, they have this new movie, Bill and Ted Face the Music. And he goes, you've never heard of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? And I was like, never heard of it in my life. And then I asked Brian and he was like, yeah, Excellent Adventure? What, I what, what is, never what, what, heard of it in my life. But the what, way what, you were talking made me think of it. And I thought, well, let me try Van. Let me ask Van if, if he's ever heard of it. Are you? Of Bill and Ted's excellent. This is fucking crazy. Like, like this is really. How, how did you live 30 some odd years and never not once hear of the movie? I I don't know. It came out in the 80s. It came out in 86. I was one. So, I mean, there you go with that. Okay, first of all, I don't think it was 86. I think it was later than that. Okay, 88, 89. My bad. I was a toddler, is my point. My older sister wasn't watching it. At least I didn't hear her talk about it. Y'all, DM us if you, if you, like me, had never heard of this movie before. Hey, how about this? If you never heard of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, don't DM me. I don't want to know y'all. Like, by the way, one of the- Do you love this movie? Of course I love the movie. San Demons, High School Football Rocks. Of course I love the movie. Of course I love it. What are Did you, you talking about? Did you see the second about? one? Uh, yeah. Bill and Ted's uh, Bogus Journey. Not only did I see the second movie, but one time I was out here living in L.A. When we were kids, uh, we lived, me and my family lived in L.A. from about, uh, I think, like 90 to maybe like almost 92. And we were walking along the beach in Santa Monica, Right. And I saw this big thing that said Bill, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. And I was so excited, so excited because this sequel was coming out. They had Adam, Adam William Sadler. He played Death. Uh, okay. He's great. And in this particular movie, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, Bill and Ted died. And then they played William Sadler over and over and over again. They had to play Death in order to come back to life. Whatever. It's great. Fucking, I love that movie. That was non, 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 heinous. Love the movie. Okay, did you um, know there's a third one coming out then? Uh, obviously, I knew that there was a third one coming out. I used to campaign on fucking TMZ to get the third one made. It's a big fucking deal. I ran in wow. the sand. I feel bad. All the way to where they were doing like promotional stuff for the movie because I think MTV was shooting something over there for for like promotion of the film. And I saw Keanu Reeves just as he was getting in his thing to leave. And I waved. He waved back. <laughs> fucking priceless childhood memory. It's, priceless childhood memory. It's a great movie. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, you, what, so, you thoroughly enjoyed what? The third movie. I've seen it. I didn't See, realize let me tell you, what, you were let, such a fan. Let me I tell you why America. <laughs> let me tell you why America's fucked up. I'll tell you, what, like, seriously. Like, really, all just aside, my blood pressure's going up. I had no up. idea that this was going to hit a sore spot with you. I tell you why America's, I tell you why America's fucked up. America's fucked up because people like that get shit like that. See, it's people, like, people that never heard of shit that don't give a fuck about shit, I'm right? I'm sorry. Like, them, like, you don't care about the movie. I, it was and you're work. like, I thought it was great. I had to I interview it was them. I had to now, interview them. So no. I was, so then I started reading no. up and I was like, wow, this is a threequel? I didn't even realize that. I, Death was my favorite character in the whole movie. I, funny as hell. 
I, I interviewed him too. I said, you were a scene stiller. You were the best part of the movie. You'll enjoy it. I'm sorry. I had no idea. I didn't realize this was a sore subject. Well, it wasn't. I, I didn't never even know that it was again. one. I will, no, I don't want to. No, I don't know. There's so no. many movies you'd be mad about. You don't even want to start with me. So I will never but, but, ask again. But like, it's, it's just weird. Some of the movies, I, I make fun of you. You know what I mean? Like, you, you never seen some of them, whatever. But Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, you never even heard of it? I never, I, I had never even heard of the movie. Wow. Not at all. Wow. But I enjoyed it. And you will too. I believe it comes out August 28th, guys. I'm not even, even going to see it now because you fucked it up. You ruined it. <laughs> you ruined the movie for me. I don't want to see it. No, 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 no. Believe it or not, guys, that was not the Is This Dumb segment, even though it could have been. <laughs> it could have easily been the Is This Dumb segment. We have a new segment called Is This Dumb, where it is the first time. That could have easily, we should probably make that the segment. Is it fucking dumb that Rachel, a cultured, and worldly woman, a what like like has never heard of a a, a, a staple of American a, 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 like a, Americana that is Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Where do you think Keanu Reeves came came from? You thought he just like materialized? Like what was the, like where the Matrix? Right, you just from the, the Matrix. Matrix. Wow. Came from the Matrix. But you're but to be fair, Brian had the same reaction as you. What you've right. never heard of it? No. No, not I at mean, all. no, no. He, not at all. That you think you think that was his reaction? Where's Brian right now? Work. Yeah, quote unquote work. That's not where he's at. Where he's at right now? He's he's consulting divorce attorneys. Is what he's doing because he he knows he can't live this way. He knows. Can't believe this. Um. Anyway, all right. So is this dumb? Uh, this is actually a good one. Uh, a member of the Seattle Seahawks reportedly tried to sneak a woman into the team hotel. By making it look like she played for the team. <laughs> now he no longer plays for the Seattle Seahawks. His name is Kima Silverand. He is an undrafted rookie cornerback out of Oklahoma State. Uh, Oklahoma State. He was released Tuesday uh, in a move that didn't gain uh, very much notice. Uh, but then Thursday, everyone learned that he got released because he tried to sneak a girl into the team hotel. Now, uh, NFL Network reported it first, uh, saying that uh, the girl was caught on video trying to sneak a female visitor into the hotel. She had a Seahawks pu- hoodie pulled over her head. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, team security personnel, they saw through it and they put a halt to all of it. Then they cut this guy. Is this dumb? Absolutely. You lost your entire career. Mind you, you're already on the chopping block being an undrafted rookie. You know what I mean? Like you don't have a lot of clout when it comes to your professional football career and you risk it all for a woman. Power of the, you already know. That's exactly what that was. He Mm -hmm. lost his whole career for one night. But just like you couldn't have been, you tried to sneak her in. You couldn't have been more. I don't. I don't know what you would have done. But just a sweatshirt, just a sweatshirt. That's that's all you did to try to sneak her in. You could have done better than that. A back door. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful. Like I ain't telling on myself if that's what no, you I'm think. saying. No, you're talking about sneaking in through the back door. Anyway, uh, what? Um, you still didn't get that joke. Interesting. Um. I what understand do you think? the joke, fam. What do you Maybe want? I just didn't think the joke was funny. <laughs> what, do you think? what do you think I'm going to say about this? 
well, I I thought dumb, but apparently not now. Not Why dumb. is this not dumb? Why? It's it's not dumb. Because it it's reckless. Okay. Reckless. Okay. I'll tell you why. It's it's reckless. Okay. Reckless and not dumb. It's reckless because we're in COVID. So you can't try to sneak a lady into the personnel, okay, into the the, the team hotel. Right. Because she might have that gangster, um, which is COVID, and then everybody else is like on the Seahawks. Right. All of that. You don't you're like you don't like you don't like you don't want that, right? Uh, so it's it's reckless. Can't say dumb though. Why? Because we men, okay? And as men, we have a biological imperative to procreate, right? It's something that we can't control. And the sooner that society comes to terms with this, the better. This kid, I don't think, is married. So if he was out there <laughs> doing extra stuff, then that would be dumb. You know, you, you're putting your family in jeopardy, ruining a happy home, all of that stuff. But it's not dumb because it's coming from a place that he can't stop himself, Rachel. He's got there a biological... Other, there are other ways to satisfy your desires, okay? It's dumb because he lost his whole career. Yes, then? No. Here it is. It's, there are other ways to mitigate, you know, Fine, your desires. mitigate. You got a whole other 53-man roster or 52 other people who are getting it done and you can't? <laughs> That's just a crazy thought to think of 53 guys in that hotel room. But anyway. Um, More than that, if, you, if you're counting the Counting the staff, right. <laughs> but look, it's, it, it, it's reckless, but just understand. Like I'm, I could make a strong argument that he's only... He only has a shot of NF uh, of of being in the NFL because of women. It's probably because you know what, Vin? You should represent him on the appeal. He probably played football to impress girls, to get with more girls, to 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 have more ladies. That got not him to college, provide, not to provide to for himself or family. No. If there were no women, if there were no women on earth, men would be completely happy living in abject poverty. There would be nothing. <laughs> We would wear like if there were no women on earth, let's be honest with you. If there were no women on earth, we would men would be totally different. We would be sharers. We would share everything. Like you would grow. I would grow like a corn stalk, stalk of corn. And then I would look over at my brothers. I'd be like, hey man, you come get some of this corn. But no, because we now have to compete because we only care about ladies. It's like, nah, this is my corn. You gotta grow a taller stalk. You know, you can't come over here. I got my family over here telling you. So this same thing is probably what made him great. So I can't say dumb. It's not dumb. All right? It's, it's reckless. Now, if it's, it's dumb if he never gets another chance. If he never gets another chance, uh, I'll looking, come back to it's dumb. It's looking that way. <laughs> it's looking that way. He, he's <sighs> the main person who's going to be singing the theme song for Luke Uncle Luke's campaign. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's horny. Um, um, yeah, but yeah. Uh, Kamai... Kimma, Kimai, Silveran, Silveran, bro, just, it's just training camp, dog. It's just a little bit of time, man. It's just training camp. And by the way, is it against the rules for him to leave? It is. I think it's against the rules. It's against the rules to have a female there, period, during training camp. Forget COVID. You can't even, you're not supposed to bring people in. Period. Saw that on hard knocks. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Uh, uh, Yeah. All right. Well, look, we out. Uh, Hopefully he gets another shot. Oh. It, oh, what? Wait. 
Yes, hopefully he gets another shot. I just want to let everybody know the DNC is starting now. Yeah. Every night from Monday to Thursday. Mm. Excellent speakers, rising stars. Maybe you'll get the answer to some of your questions you may have. Let's just build this excitement up. And one particular speaker in general, we are going to discuss on the late week podcast about the merit of their speech and whether or not they should have spoke. We're going to let him speak first, but then we're going to talk about this specific speaker who is an ex-president of the United States of America. There's been some controversy about whether or not he should be speaking at the DNC. All right, but we're going to save that for the late week podcast. Uh, I and Van Lathan, it is okay for you guys to take your thinking caps off, but never stop learning. What's up, guys? Oh, what's up, guys? Like, we're starting the podcast over again. <laughs> Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye, y'all. It's been real. That's Rachel. That's Rachel Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.